knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your fine quality kayak fishing needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lights. Go to pelican.com. And the 153 Bait Company. For all your hard, soft plastic bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's talk about some awesome products. What's up? The final cast. I'm Brad. <laughs> What's up, Brad? I think <laughs> hey, think you're going to bring us in there. We're just going to sit backstage for the episode. I know. I, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, good to be well, back. Dude, I, I ran it last week by myself, and it wasn't too bad, but I ended up forgetting to put the clothes in there. And I was like, hey, oh, Brad, yeah. I think I forgot to do the clothes and I didn't take everybody out at the beginning or take the other guy out. And so it was a kind of a little bit of a mess, but it wasn't too bad. So it's all good. I messed up this week, so it's all good. But so, yeah, how's everything been? Same old, same old man. Just working, just working. Okay. Try to get the kids out. In the kayak this weekend, but we actually took a ride over to the GMR to put eyes on it first and realized mm-hmm. it was a little high. They had the uh, air, the dam area locked off. So, yeah. I mean, we, we would have been all right. Um, it wasn't, like, real bad. And the area is <laughs> not hard to navigate, but it is what it is. And, you know, they were kind of misbehaving. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I was bummed. I, I didn't be, I wasn't able to get on the river much either. So, yeah, oh, whatever. Well. well, uh, we got a cool episode for you guys tonight. We're going to talk about the NRS inflatables, uh, the star rival, uh, challenger and the, uh, pike, I think. So, uh, I met, uh, Blake Longworth last week when we met up at, uh, Loveland Canoe and Kayaks. So we're bringing them on the show to talk about the products. Welcome to the show, man. Who day? Oh, I thought we were. I'm sorry. I thought we were on my football podcast. This is the fishing one. Pro, you got a football pro, podcast? I mean, I'll start one if I get to talk trash about the Bengals beating the Steelers. Uh, God, That's right. Yeah, I mean, and I, the Reds smacked up on the Pirates today. I'm sorry. We can't well, talk that, about that's, that. Today. That's not even like. That's not surprising. Yeah, that's not surprising. Pirates <laughs> suck. <laughs> 
If only <laughs> hockey was going on and the Blue Jackets are beating the Pens, and then we could just keep rubbing Brad's face into it. So it'd be so lovely. So that lovely. never happens either. So it's like. And then the whole time we're just making you watch college football with your eyes taped open. Because oh, <laughs> he awful. doesn't like college football. So. What's that like about? All right. I'm not going to get into this. Uh, uh, thanks for having off? me, guys. It's good to be here. Thank you. Heck yeah. Uh, you want to start off uh, letting the listeners know a little bit about yourself and what you do for NRS? Oh, I, I don't think they want to hear too much about me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am the Northeast and Upper Midwest Wholesale Account Manager for NRS, which is just a really long way to say that I'm a sales rep. <laughs> um, I have been with NRS for almost 16 years now. Um, my first job with the company was uh, pushing a cart in the warehouse and putting products in the bin to get shipped out. Um and uh yeah all these years later i've made it all the way up to lower level wholesale sales representation so it's been uh, it's been a great ride <laughs> uh, no man it's great uh I, we love nrs and it's just a great company you guys may or may not know this but nrs is actually 100 percent employee owned mm -hmm. so not only do you have a sales rep from the company on your podcast today you're actually speaking with an owner of, of NRS tonight. Um, so it's, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, that's, that's cool. We're blessed. Yeah. <laughs> how, uh, how does that work though? What's that? 100% uh, employee owned. How does that work? Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, we're something that's, we're, we're an organization. Uh, it's called an ESOP. So an employee stock option program. Um, so our founder, Bill Parks, he founded the company in 1972 with $2,000 in his garage, um, just trying to get paddling equipment out to his friends. Um, but uh, a few years back in 2014, um, Bill was kind of trying to figure out his exit strategy. He's, he's getting kind of older. He was, it was really, NRS is the second career for him. Um, he was a professor of economics um, and finance at the University of Oregon when he founded the company and then later went to the University of Idaho and that's how the company came to Moscow, Idaho. But yeah, rather than, um, selling to uh, private equity or another company, uh, Bill decided to actually sell the company to the employees. So we founded the, the ESOP uh, as, a, as a legal entity and borrowed money from the bank and actually bought the company from Bill. So um, every share that's, that's held in the company now is held by an employee. You know, depending on how long you've been there and, and all that kind of stuff, you get more or less shares. But uh, yeah, there's there's nobody that that owns shares of NRS that is not an an employee of the company. That's cool. It's awesome. Um, yeah. It gives us all like a lot of pride and ownership, and um, yeah, it just it's we've always had a great culture at NRS. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing place to work, but um, this just adds so much more to it, so much more depth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we you know you see that kind of a hint of it in some corporations where they have like a profit sharing or something to that effect sure. or stock options, but it tends to be on the really extremely light side. And it's cool that you guys have made it like a hundred percent like that because, you know, NRS is a great company. We've all, you know, especially for the kayak anglers, we've, we've been familiar with them for quite some time. And, you know, I, I've always been a huge fan of their, their products and what they stood for. And, 
you know, that's just kind of icing on the cake because it just, it kind of gives those employees that, that extra push to really work hard, really be proud. Like you said, be proud of the company, be proud of what they do and have pride in, you know, even as a simple job as, you know, order picking, you know what I mean? Cause it's just going to benefit them more to make the companies as successful as possible. You know, like it's real easy to see those companies where you just, you get your butt kicked all day and it's like, Oh, we have bonuses, but, or this or that, but it's like really light. And it's, you know, it just doesn't necessarily translate well a lot of times in your workforce. So I give, you know, tip my hat to the NRS because it's, uh, it's definitely a, a great, a great way of looking at it. I mean, obviously, NRS isn't like this huge corporation, but you guys are a big part of the paddling community community. You know, I mean, there's very, very little people, you know, very few people that don't know what NRS is, you know? Yeah. So keep up, keep it up, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes. That's uh, we, we are super proud of the company and it's, it's funny, you know, you say not many people don't know NRS and, um, I think in paddle sports, you know, if, if you came from the kayaking world, the rafting world, you know, you've, you've been getting on the water with human powered recreation for a long time. That's absolutely true. And, mm-hmm. you know, NRS is a big player in paddle sports. Um, and it's been funny as we've kind of started getting into fishing the last 10, 15 years, um, really the last 10 years and, and in earnest, the last kind of eight mm-hmm. Um boy, we are a tiny company when it comes to fishing. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, as far as life jackets and inflatable watercraft go, sure, we're, we're one of the big names. Um, you go to, to ICAST, go to a big fishing show, and it's like, now, who, who are you guys again? This, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, it's funny. You know, you, we used to go to, I mean, even we used to go to OR, it was kind of fun because, like, we, we kind of get big for our britches. And, you know, I don't know why I would ever feel that way. My my first desk at the company was, you know, some piece of particle board that was put together in the back of the warehouse. Like we didn't have a real sales floor. It was just like this carpeted area in the back. Now we have a big fancy headquarters that I've never once been to, but um, <laughs> it looks real nice in the pictures. I, I got to tell you, uh, I'm looking forward to going there someday when, when the pandemic is over. But uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great company to work for. And I tell you, um, pride in your work has been an incredible thing this year because I tell you, as, as a salesperson, um, I really couldn't do anything wrong uh, through throughout the last 18, 24 months. Uh, you know, kayaks have been selling themselves. Mm-hmm. Life jackets have been selling themselves. You know, all the things that go along with it. It's not been hard to sell outdoor recreation. Um, what has been a huge challenge has been our teams in the warehouse, packing orders, shipping out mm-hmm. orders, working those long hours, doing the returns and the repairs and like trying to, you know, our people that are on the back end of our sales team trying to move product around and, you know, do fulfillment. Like, oh my God, I, I just, if I don't think if we had an ESOP that people, we would have been able to keep, you know, half of our employees. It's just, right. it's been a, a, a tough road to hoe for a lot of people. Um, and, and I'm not really one of those people, but, uh, man, if it wasn't for them, we, we wouldn't have a company right now. Yeah. So yeah. shout out to all my, all my other NRS, uh, brothers and sisters out there. We love you guys. You guys are doing great. Yeah. It's been a crazy time for everybody across the whole industry. It's, I mean, 
even in the construction industry, I'm, I do remodeling work and it's, it's ridiculous right now. Right. Uh, a pickup bed full of lumber. Uh, you can retire on that now. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's like, like there, there's no such thing as scrap wood anymore. Yeah, like right. it's, it is stuff that's I mean, worth its weight. Heck, I, cabinet makers. I mean, they're like three months behind. So like all of our jobs, we have like five or six unfinished jobs right now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a wild time. So, so we're, we're, uh, we, we feel really blessed to be on this side of it and, um, you know, working for a company that's taking care of its employees. We didn't let, had to let anybody go, um, through the early days of the pandemic. And then obviously we've been trying to do everything we can just to keep up with the business. So it's, um, we feel very, very fortunate. That's awesome. Well, you want to start getting into the inflatables? Absolutely. I love talking about inflatable watercraft. Um, (laughs) we, at NRS, I don't know if we're the we're the king of much, but I think we have to be up there in the running for king of inflatable watercraft. Um, and I love talking about them. So, uh, Brad, you just got a rival, right? Yep. How are you liking it? I, I like it a lot. Thing I've been out on it three times. I haven't even used. I haven't even put the skeg on yet. By the way, I've just been. Well, you just been on the little it. Miami, right? Uh, Great Miami. You've been on the Great Miami. Okay. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been impressed with it stability-wise, and I think paddle's awesome. Like I told you, I, I was going down through riffles, and then one one slight paddle stroke, I was turned 180 degrees, and I made this perfect cast into the perfect spot with a topwater lure, and the fish just slammed it right when it hit the water. I was like, I could never do that again if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> but it made, it made me feel like a pro. I was like, yeah, that was awesome. I, I know that feeling. Um, I'm a terrible angler, so I don't know it from a fishing perspective, but I was I was coaching my four-year-old daughter's uh, soccer practice earlier tonight, and I kicked it into the goal from a corner kick. You know, I, I bent it like Beckham, and I was like, 10, 10 more tries, 10 misses, guaranteed, no doubt. Uh, so that's the closest I have for that. Um, yeah, the, the inflatables are great, right? I mean, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I, I love a, a big plastic fishing kayak right whether i pick your manufacturer um i've i've enjoyed paddling or pedaling or ring um all of them i've I've enjoyed them um but there's something about an inflatable right like you're, you're just you're not worried about sliding it over a, over the wrong kind of a rock um you know it's it's light it's easy to move you can get it in and out like on top of your car or, or roll it up um you know for us i think I think the, the the rival, the challenger, are these great watercraft for getting on any kind of water. But I think what we really love about them coming as as a Northwest company is kind of this idea of like adventure angling, um, the ability to get to a put in that you absolutely cannot get to with your truck and trailer. Um, you know, hiking into a remote stream or lake uh, to fish. Um, that kind of stuff is what really gets us excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for that everyday angler, even if they they don't want to do that, the idea that I can roll this thing up and check it on a on a plane and travel somewhere and go on a fishing trip, um, mm-hmm. we just we love them. So uh, the rival, it's interesting. We we call it an inflatable sit on top. Um, I don't know what makes it more of a sit on top than a regular inflatable kayak. I've never had a, a like a, a deck on an inflatable kayak before, but. Uh, it's kind of this cool, you know, hybrid with that with that drop stitch um, floor. I mean, I don't know if you've had the chance yet, but have, have you been able to stand up and cast uh, on oh, that yeah. boat? Oh yeah. 
This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I, I don't think a lot of people expect that kind of stability um, out of an inflatable. Oh, I, I didn't. I, you know, I thought there'd be some give to it, but I mean, it's just like standing on a paddleboard. Yeah, the drop stitch is, is um, tremendous. Yeah, and that was one thing I was going to bring up. I'll have to pull up the. Uh, oh, challengers! I mean, it's a, that's just a smaller one than the rival. It's the same same right. idea there. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the uh, drop stitch page and I'm gonna bring it up because I do want to talk about that. But uh, yeah, if you want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I mean, really, like the, the the anatomy of the rival and the challenger are essentially the same, right? You're just talking about um, a different length between the boats. So um, the Rival is nine, I'm sorry, is uh, 12 feet, six inches long. Um, and the Challenger, um, you get that in the, uh, I'm sure I'd say it right, 10 feet, eight inches. And so the anatomy is basically the same. You've, you've got a drop stitch floor that goes down the middle of the boat and then two side tubes um, that you can also inflate and give you, well, you need to inflate and give you additional stability. Um, you don't really need the buoyancy that they provide, but really what it does is gives you that that side to side stability um, when you're in the boat. So you're never worried about, you know, leaning a little bit too far out of the boat and having it tip over on you. It's they're they're really hard to flip, especially in anything yeah. you know other than you know something below class three whitewater. Right. I, I was going to mention that too. Like I, I don't feel unsafe on that thing at all. I, I I'd be surprised if that thing like completely does a flip. You know. No, I think you would you un, unless you dragged it over on top of you falling out, um, you're going to fall out of the boat and it's going to ride itself and you know continue on downstream for sure. Yeah, which is great because it's self rescue super easy. You just literally just climb back onto it. Yeah, it's light enough to where you can just flip it over real quick if it does. Oh man, or or literally like like you know swim with it to shore if you're in deep yeah. water. You can you can just literally just swim and just drag it behind you. There's it, there's not the the rivals, the big one. I think it comes in at like a whopping thirty-one pounds, um, and much like the uh, person that asked me this question at a at a trade show one time, it weighs the exact same inflated as it does deflated. Oh, okay. That was That's a real cool. question I had. She said, "How I much never... does it weigh?" I said, "Thirty-one pounds," and she said, "Well, how much is it inflated?" I was like. Well, it's full of air. <laughs> still, still 31. I didn't, I didn't fill it up with sand. That would be... Or you're like, or helium. It just yeah. starts floating away. That would be awesome. <laughs> if, if, if we, 
<laughs> if actually, I think NRS should really should really change to to airship construction. That would be way more fun. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so yeah, we're looking at a, at a cross section of drop stitch here, and that's exactly what it is. It's kind of hard to see. That looks more like you've taken a, a a slice of cheese. Yeah. But but what you're seeing there is is a majillion threads that connect the top layer of fabric with the bottom layer of fabric. So like anything else you've ever inflated in your life, if you did not have that drop stitch, if you if you just didn't have those threads holding this, those two layers flat and, and a uniform distance from one another, it would just turn into a hot dog, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so drop stitch, is it, it does give us the ability um, to go much higher pressure because we're, we're holding our layers of fabric together. But mm -hmm. more importantly, it's what allows us to start to shape these things into flat shapes as opposed to you know, every inflatable before drop stitch was the exact same construction. It was it was a round tube. And then maybe you did an I-beam floor to kind of give you small hot dogs to sit on top of. Mm -hmm. um, and with drop stitch, we were really able to start making boats uh, that looked a lot different than any inflatable we'd seen before. Um, it was cool. The first one we made was one called the Gig Bob, uh, which had the silliest name, uh, but was a cool <laughs> little uh, personal uh, rowing boat uh super fun you could take the bottom pontoons off and turn it into a kick boat if you wanted to fish that way um the gig bob was a lot of fun we still have it it's, it's still around so basically the drop stitch is creating that that rigidness in in between yeah. the layers and it kind is. of it, helps hold the form instead of instead of the you know the top layer say you're standing on it, it it's not going to allow it to concave in whatsoever right it's going to kind of well i mean might have a little press to it but it's going to still hold its shape as opposed to like you said you get on something that's just you know just a pool toy yeah just a pool toy you the first thing you always laugh about is you jump you see people jump on those things and they just <laughs> yeah. fold around them so yeah. right and so and so that's what what drop stitch does two things one it gives us the shape but it allows us to inflate it to a pressure that can withstand our weight right. um so so that that's that's the big thing too right you know so you talk about it a, a raft um, which we've been fishing out of for a long time you know fly fishing out west out of rafts is, is very common um you know the, the the tubes of a raft are usually between two and a half three psi um on an inflatable uh, stand-up paddleboard, you know, NRS boards are rated to, to a 20 PSI. Um, now, you don't need to do that with the the rival or the challenger uh, because you have those side tubes and you're not, you know, you, you have extra um, support there. Uh, so we tell people to do the, the floor on the challenger, the rival, to about 8 PSI. Um, 8 mm -hmm. to 10 is going to be more than enough. And then the side tubes are also going to be at that like that two and a half three range. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The uh, uh, so t talking about the floor here, Josh. This floor, even like at the lowest eight psi, is incredibly tough. Like I was impressed. You tap on it, it sounds like what I'm tapping on my desk right now. I mean, yeah, that's I awesome. Mean, there, there's not much play to it. it it's pretty impressive. Now, is there a difference in like the the floor and the bottom material versus like with the side? Is there or is it kind of all the same sort of material? Like, is it hardened up top and softer on the the outside? 
No, you you basically have the same um, PVC construction. So the the tube material slash um, you know deck material and the and the floor material is a, a thirty uh, by one thousand denier PVC fabric, um, and then inside the the drop stitch you have the actual drop stitch material which is really just the threads that are glued to those top and bottom layers of fabric and then your side tubes are are the same okay so they're just they look a little bit different but no it's it's really the same material which is the same thing we make you know white water rafts out of um you know it's it's really durable that's another big uh hurdle we've had to come over as a inflatable boat manufacturer is that perception of durability mm -hmm. um and i think kind of depending on where you are geographically and and your familiarity with inflatable boats um it, some some regions were were quicker to adopt than others right mm -hmm. um uh brad i know you and i were talking about our mutual friend jeff little and the video he was doing you know trying to show us that how to get a fish hook to puncture the side tube um on arrival and jeff's what six three i mean he's a giant man yeah. and he had to you know hold those pliers and put all of his weight behind it in order to puncture it like it, it's you know whether you're going whether you're hitting a fish hook or going over an oyster bed um it's really really hard to rip tear puncture slice mm -hmm. this fabric um but if you do you know, the, the, the beauty of an inflatable versus, again, a, a rigid boat is that if you do manage to, to break this thing in some way, you're just, it's, a, it's not hard to patch a boat. You know, we're not mm -hmm. talking about plastic welding, like cracking uh, a plastic yeah. boat. Um, it is, you know, you're, you're going to put a patch on there and have the exact same integrity that you had mm -hmm. uh, before, where obviously we know when we start welding plastic, we're never going to have that same, that same yeah. structural integrity. That's a good point. And I think a lot of people don't realize that this uh, rival has three chambers of air too. So if you do puncture one, you're still going to float. You're not until sinking. You, right. Until, until you can get to the bank and then repair it on the bank. Which like is a great, which is a great point is yeah. the fact that you can make the repair there. Yeah. You know, on the river. Can, yeah. On the river. Jeff Little. A, yeah. Jeff Little did it in his video in like 57 seconds. Yeah. And depending on what you've actually done and, and how much you need to, to really repair it. I mean, you know, again, as a, as a whitewater raft guide, uh, I have, I have done some numbers, uh, on some rafts over the years that required, required major, uh, raft repair situation on the side of rivers. But even so we're talking about a matter of, of hours. Um, and those are, you know, big giant tears on the side of a raft tube. Um, almost anything that you would manage to do on something like this, you could you could slap a patch on and get you to a point where you are getting home, mm -hmm. no problem. You know, throw some tear aid on there, and you know you can do the, the the big you know major patch back in your garage when you get home. But tear aid's yeah. gonna get you all the way. I mean, heck, I've I've done duct tape. Um, <laughs> you know, I've 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 fixed boats with with crazy situations. Um, so yeah, it's it they're great. And, you know, there's the thing I love about it anymore. You, you look at all of these these rigid boats and I think, you know, Eric Jackson's kind of going after it with with that apex line. Mm -hmm. The decks are getting more and more cluttered, right? There's just yeah. more and more stuff on there and, and shapes and forms. And I just I love the, the clean lines of, of these inflatable sit on tops. You know, you 
There's plenty of room to throw a crate behind you, um, a cooler, a well if you have one. Um, you know, the daisy chains you can rig for days, and then and then we put, you know, what you're looking at right there on the screen right now is our is our rec model of the star rival. Um, the rival fish is going to have um, the yak attack um, switch pad flexible surface mounts on there. So yep. I think you get five on the rival fish uh, and the challenger. Um, and so you can really rig that thing out as much as you can rig any other, you know, inflatable watercraft. I've seen everything on there, depth finders and, and, yeah. and so on. So the, the way I got mine set up now, uh, I have, I've been keeping it real simple on the river lately. So I'll bring three or four rods and I'll have a book bag with just two tackle boxes in the back. And, uh, on those switch pads that you were mentioning a little a few minutes ago, uh, I put yak attack rod stagers. They, they allow me to put my uh, rods horizontal. Uh, oh yeah. Parallel with the boat. So you don't get them caught up in the trees hanging behind you and stuff like that. But man, that, that has like, I've only had it out three times, but like, I feel like the frustration of like kayak fishing that I was doing uh, this whole year has like completely gone away with this boat simplicity yep. right just just keeping it easy and granted i mean you know with with five with five deck mounts you know you can you can mount rails on there i mean you can go as big as you want um i'm with you probably because i'm not a very good angler uh simplicity is key for me like if i have to start rigging lots and lots of stuff and making it a big to do i'm just not gonna go like i'm just right. I'm, I'm not that good of a fisherman i'm not that i'm, I'm i just don't you know, I'm just not going to go. If, if it's right. that big of a hassle, I'm not going to do it. I got two kids. Like, I don't have all day for this. Um, and that's what I love about about the rival fish is that it, it keeps it simple for me. You know, I don't have to worry about pulling a trailer. I don't have to worry about, mm -hmm. you know, everything. I just throw it in the back of my truck and I'm at the river in, you know, 15 minutes. I'm right here in Lebanon, Ohio. I can get out to the South Lebanon, uh, put in for the Little Miami in seven minutes. Yep. So I can go at the spur of the moment, right? Just really, yeah. literally whip it in the back of my truck, throw one strap across the the stern handle, and I'm on my way. Yep. Piece of cake. And that's that's the thing with – I had a heavy kayak before, and I had, like, the bow mount and everything. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't even want to get it out today. And there would be times where I, I wouldn't go fishing because I'm like, I just don't want to drag it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a lot, you know? And it's funny because I think that's where, like, th that's why kayak fishing started to get exciting and started to become really popular, right? Was because we had we had these smaller boats. We were more mobile. We could do more with them. They were more versatile. Um, and then suddenly, it's just another bass boat, right? Yeah. Like we've got we've got a motor on the back. We got one on the front. We've got all of the electronics. We've got all of these mounts. We got you know. And suddenly you're like, man, I, now I've got nine grand sunk into this thing. I might as well just go buy a tracker. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, that's that's just the influence of tournaments. You know, when it hit, when kayak fishing and the tournament scene blew up, it's just going to, it's always going to add to it. Because yeah, when you start what, making money. Yeah, well, and not only that, but it's like it's like you guys mentioned, though. It's these a lot of people who tend to do tournaments start taking it more and more serious, so they want to have more and more 
rods rigged up because it's more efficient the more cast you can make you know i don't have to sit there and tie on baits yeah. and then you start venturing in from what we used to kind of start out doing which is smaller bodies of water and then these tournaments are showing up on like fork or you yeah. know all these big lake erie you know you name it it gets bigger and bigger so th those bigger kayaks have their place sure but the ocean you know uh, Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Me personally, I am not going to go throw uh, a Hobie or even a Jackson big rig pedal drive out on the river. I just I have no desire to do that whatsoever. Yeah. I'd rather just get in a boat that I can paddle and is somewhat manageable, you know, as far as weight wise. I mean, and I have a trailer and we have access points like that, but of me and Brad love the further away you can get from the norm, you know, the further away you can get from those boat launch river spots dams. and stuff like yeah and the dams yeah. and stuff yeah and I mean, now you're an adventure me... angler you're exactly yeah. the kind of person that, that we're talking about with with these yeah. nrs products yeah and it's a, it's the reason a lot of us got into it and you just kind of get you get involved in the other things i mean brad was fishing tournaments i mean that's why he's been back and forth with so many different kayaks because he's like one minute he's like yeah i'm gonna do the tournaments and the next he's like i don't really have a need for this I'm going to downgrade again. And then he's like, oh, maybe I will. And then maybe I won't. So it's and like, it, it, it's yeah, hard because you want to like, just have one for every scenario. Yeah. You know? And I'm trying to cater. <laughs> I was trying to cater to both. And I yeah, was having trouble hard doing to do that. that. Yeah. It's yeah. very hard to do that. Um, I mean, yeah, I have a Jackson Kilroy HD and the boat's great, great in the river and I love great it. And boat. I can fit my kids in it. And I'm like, this thing's awesome. And then I go to move it and I'm like, yeah, but yet it's still 95 pounds. Like, it's, it's you know, it's still They're a massive. heavy kayak. Yeah. They're massive. Uh, and that's, I think, uh, you know, and we, this is not, you know, the, the, the rival, the challenger. These are not the first inflatable kayaks that NRS has made. Right. right. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been selling inflatable watercraft on these same ideas for a very long time. Um, inflatable kayaks have, have been in this, this position for a long time, which is, you know, portability, durability, and storability, right? I mean, you know, you, you want to see me at a put-in, and I will literally take that Challenger, if I have it on, on the roof rack of my, my truck, which is eight and a half feet high, give or take, um, I will just throw it off. You know, yeah, I don't care. I can literally just throw it off and it'll bounce in the parking lot, like into the bushes, whatever. It's fine. The boat's fine. Um, and, you know, we used to live in, when I was in grad school, we lived in downtown Baltimore, Maryland, and lived in a, a tiny row home. And I probably had, oh, I don't know, 15 boats in our basement, boats and boards in our basement. Like that would be completely impossible with, yeah. with rigid boats, right? Yeah. Um, you know, my wife, the, the joke is always, you know, well, how many kayaks do you really need, Blake? <laughs> Just one more. <laughs> Just one more. 
uh, it's, it's awesome. usually a, a, usually applies to to beers too. But um, <laughs> I hope she's that's not funny. listening. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's what it is, right? You know, you talk about being able to to get this thing to the water without a roof rack, without yeah. without a trailer, being able to store it, uh, whether that's in your suburban house, your country estate, your mm-hmm. condominium. Um, in South Beach, you know, wherever it might be on your sailboat, your RV, uh, you know, van life is everything now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it, it just whether it's your your primary watercraft or or something else in your quiver, I think inflatables really do have have a place um, on oh, the yeah. river, on the water for sure. I think you'll I mean, we've seen the giant explosion that happened mm-hmm. due to covid. And I, I love there's this that's the biggest positive I want to kind of sure you see it's just the outdoor industry exploded because you know, everything's shut down and people are like, well, yeah, we don't want to sit around in the mm-hmm. house, you know, especially because when everything really started sh- shutting down last year was right when the weather's breaking. And, you know, I think everybody found a new, new thing, you know, for a lot of people who were just were cool with sitting around in the house or just sitting on their back porch but then they're like, man, I'm here all day. I can't. I don't go to work. I'm working from home. Yeah. I want to leave the house, but I can't go inside anywhere. So let's can't let's, go to a restaurant. Can't right. go to a movies. Mm-hmm. Can't take my kids to a museum or an amusement park or whatever. Like and the beauty, let's go hiking. Yeah. And the beauty of these inflatables is that you don't need a lot of things to get yourself out there. You just need the mm-hmm. boat, the life jacket, and the paddle. And then you're on your way, and it doesn't matter if you're in a Ford Fiesta or a Ford F one fifty or whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's that's my biggest thing I, I love about it because you know even a stand up paddleboard like a rigid one, a you know big plastic one is it's not the easiest thing to move around. You know, mm-hmm. and they're um, still like fifty five pounds too. Right, and it's. You know, this just it just opens so many doors to so many different types of people. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be fishing. You know, this is a, no, not at all. Yeah, it's it's a wreck thing. You know, and it's like get out on the water, go. You people will be surprised at what they see in their backyards. You know, and that's my biggest. That's why I love the river so much. It's like, you know, Brad and I live in a suburban area. Yeah, I mean, you're you're just south of us. You know, mm-hmm. and it's you know how it is between Cincinnati and Dayton. It's there is mainly suburbs, and eventually, I think Cincinnati and Dayton is going to be connected by suburbs. We're for sure. Very, I mean, we're, we're, we're really close, close, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's not <laughs> I mean, much in between. <laughs> if you go down 75, you're going through suburbs, and you know it doesn't. You might be able to go east or west a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. very, not very far, but you know they've always talked about, you know it connecting eventually and it sort of has but the beauty of it is is that you can get that that backcountry feel when you get out on the river you know mm-hmm. and well especially here a, you know, we have yeah. the scenic rivers i mean it's it's amazing yeah. how this is a cool spot i i we just moved back and i'm sorry i, did, I didn't mean to interrupt you josh oh, you're but fine. like uh i gotta tell you i people gave me a lot of grief right like you're, you're an outdoor rep you're moving from the Chesapeake Bay to <laughs> to the middle of Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio. Like that, that's where you're going to move to. And I'm like, do you understand how awesome the Little Miami and the Great Miami Rivers are? Yeah. What, what amazing resources we have between oh, yeah. these two cities. Like, if you want to get on the water, it is very doable here. I, I like this place. 
Sorry, yeah. no. Please yeah, go on. I'm it, sorry. It's it's the you know you've seen the explosion of the stand up paddleboard, mm-hmm. you've seen the explosion of the kayak industry, you've you know fishing or just recreation wise, and the inflatable game I think is just going to keep blowing up. I really think, and I think it's going to be. That was the best pun of the night. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if you meant to do it or not, but that was fantastic. (laughs) But it's, um, but what I was sitting there thinking, because I've seen some of the different stuff that's come out and it's just, it's going to be like what we saw with a rigid kayak, a regular plastic kayak. I think you're going to start seeing, crazy cool designs there's going to be a lot of innovation and you know you're going to be eventually i say probably in the next five six years it's going to be like almost like we see now like how crazy do you want to go with it you know like (laughs) (laughs) like, do you want do you want just a little like you know stand up paddleboard or are you looking at a hobie style inflatable you know and it's you know, it's it'll be cool to see what comes out. I'm I'm I mean, excited. Hobie's already putting pedal drives in their inflatable kayaks, yep. right? I mean, they're, uh, Hobie's doing some incredible stuff, right? Like, yeah. I grant, I'm I'm gonna sit here and 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 ring the NRS belt as much as you guys will let me while I'm here, but um, it's not just us driving this train. You know, there are a lot of manufacturers that are out there getting on board and and pushing this thing, and um, you know, we're the first to be excited about that because. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as they say, a rising tide floats all ships. Yeah. Um, and so so we love to see this this inflatable tidal wave coming. Um, it's great. We're, we're thrilled. And, I, you know, and I think to your point, too, Josh, like it's going to be kind of like rigid boats, you know, where we got everything from blow molded, you know, three hundred dollar options that people that are really, really serious about boating probably aren't going to want to get involved with, but that still make kayaking and paddling in water accessible to a group of people who otherwise wouldn't have been able to get to it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to have a, a, a sun dolphin in the back, in my garage? Absolutely not. Am I thrilled to see them being sold in stores and seeing people getting on the water uh, that wouldn't otherwise have done it because there's no way they're going to buy a thousand dollar Hobie or Bonafide or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Like I, I love to see that. I'm, I'm glad those other manufacturers are out there. I'm glad we're getting people on the water because people in our position, I, I think that's, that's where we are, right? Like we're seeing one of the greatest resurgences in people going outside and recreating in the mm-hmm. outdoors that, that we've seen, you know, in, in our lifetimes, this is probably the, the biggest creator of outdoor enthusiasts that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it happened in the, in the sixties and the seventies and, and this is our, our new, our new big resurgence. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for it. And I, I think it, it is, it is our responsibility as people that know what we're doing to, not only encourage that, but make mm-hmm. sure that that we're not doing anything that would shame somebody and keep them from getting on the water and coming and recreating with us, right? Like, right. I think, you know, granted, again, like I said, please buy an NRS boat or a star inflatable. That's going to be <laughs> the way that you're going to be happiest in life. And you will never reach that, that pinnacle of happiness. Uh, but if you must settle 
for something slightly below that, just get out on the water and play, take your kids out and play, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's what we can do. And, um, I think that, I think that's going to be the, the biggest thing that comes out of, out of this, this very t- trying time for our country and, and our, and our planet, um, mm-hmm. is that, you know, families are going to go outside and recreate again. And, uh, Josh, you have kids, uh, Brad, you're on the way. I know it's just a matter of time, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that that's one of the greatest joys in life is getting to to share the outdoors with your family, and um, that that's clearly the the lemonade of the lemons we've all been served for the last two years. Um, and yeah. I, I, for one, am, am pretty thrilled about it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, let's man. go into the back to the NRS line. And I wanted to ask some questions like what what is a consumer expected to receive in their box when they purchase a rival? Yeah, great question. So you're gonna get the boat and then like a high five. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's in the box? Um, you're gonna get uh, the boat. You are gonna get the cool carry bag that it comes with so a, a, a zippered suitcase bag brad you've seen that mm-hmm. um this thing is awesome because it is what's going to protect us when we're traveling um so again one of my favorite things about about these watercraft is my ability to travel with them um so i'm taking them on airplanes all the time uh and i love it right normally i would be i would fly somewhere and have to rent a boat borrow a boat find a mm-hmm. friend whatever um now i can check this thing right through and uh no added baggage fees and anything like that so boat uh pump repair kit all comes in the bag um i think you only get the one fin in the boat is that right brad just the the, the one skeg which you can choose to use or not and then we also you know you can you can buy other fins we know we make the, the one inch shorty fins, we make a grass fin, we make some kind mm. of mid-range all water fins if you're getting in the shallower water. So like Great Miami River, you could probably use the skeg and not have any issues almost anywhere on the water. Mm-hmm. Little Miami River, you have anything more than a, a two inch fin, especially this time of year, you know, you're gonna you're gonna catch that thing here and there. Mm-hmm. Um and really all that's that's giving you is the ability to, to track through the water. Um so on the river uh you know narrower smaller skinny water rivers um not as big of an issue when you start talking about you know paddling on open water big lakes stuff like that you're going to want to have that tracking ability um Mm -hmm. as awesome as it was for you to flick your wrist one time and spin the boat 180 degrees and make that (laughs) cast um that's fantastic unless you're on a lake and every time you take a paddle stroke you're going yeah (laughs) and then the, the then that that skeg really comes in handy yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you get our seat and fun fact, the seat is easy to come off. So if you're using it for a multi-day trip, it's also a great campfire seat to be using. Um, so you don't have to bring an extra chair along. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually a pretty comfortable seat too. It's a pretty comfortable seat. The first ones were not our prototypes <laughs> were terrible. Oh my God. And my, I'm not, a, I'm not a small man. Um, and I, I broke a couple, um, <laughs> but the new ones are much better and uh yeah pretty comfortable seat uh, yep. and it goes great with the nrs chinook the the, the pillow sits right yeah. on top of that man you know yep. yeah i, I the... was thinking about that the other day actually and i you know i sat back in the seat and i'm like oh yeah that doesn't affect it at all that's no. nice 
At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Um, man, shout out to the Chinook. That's what that's what got NRS into the fishing game in the first place. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna I remember winning mine at the Little Miami River tournament that or well, they canceled. They ended up being the Cowan Lake uh Loveland tournament that Brad won. And I ended up winning my Chinook from from the shop, actually, before I got on the team. I was Thank one of my the door prizes and I was like, oh. I wanted a new one of these because I had a um I had the Stolquist keeper, which I liked it. I just Great it was killing killing my back, man. Like mm. I I'd be okay for about two or three hours. And if I went longer than that from where it pushes you forward slightly, it just it drove me crazy. And since I've got the Chinook, I've never looked back and I love that thing, man. I love the pockets, I love all the all the weird stuff that thing does that you have people don't even know till we when we had oh, had yeah. you guys on before and we talked about it and it was it was a a great episode but right yeah the built-in rod holder that's always the yeah. the, the, yeah. the biggest the biggest surprise of the day right I yeah. love the built-in rod holder I can't tell you yeah I've I've broke I've stepped on a lot of rods uh, I'm big dumb animal folks ask my wife and uh, I've broken them. I break them. <laughs> don't set up. You don't have to set them down ever again. You don't have to set it down ever again. Yeah. yeah. I found it uh, handy when I'm off the kayak waiting, you know, I'll just put it right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Start tying, you know, it's nice. Yeah. That's it, man. It, I, yeah. I, I definitely use that rod holder a lot more waiting and walking around on shore than I do. Yeah. I mean, never using it in the boat when I'm sitting. Right. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's, it's when I get out and wade and, and walk. Because uh, inevitably I'll get to the shore or whatever, and then set it down and do whatever I'm doing, it's something stupid in, inevitably, and then come back and. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an idea. I have a a little idea. Oh, I want to hear you it. Guys, integrate a GoPro mount into it. Ooh. Something <laughs> oh, like something that's rigid, that's plastic, you can snap onto, and then you don't have to worry about somebody having to wear the. The chest straps and stuff over your jacket. Uh, hey, Rex de Guzman, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I want you to get that action cap uh, mount rigged for the Chinook. Let's get on that, buddy. <laughs> on that. that sounds like a great product for Rex to make. Um, fresh fish, baby. Love that guy. Uh, yeah, dude, that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah I think I've never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could rig something up, but it'd be kind of cool that if it's integrated – into it you know sewn into it where you don't you know that it's it's there it's good it's not going to go anywhere you know i feel yeah. like something that would just um clip onto the yeah. lash tab would be a good option for that yeah. right like i mean do, do you guys rig a knife on your lash tab i haven't yeah, rigged a knife I on one of my lash tabs in years i but. did i have an nrs pilot and it was really, really nice. funny is the first time i put it i put it handle side up 
And I was like, this is the most annoying thing I've ever realized because that <laughs> handle just hit me. And it's sharp feet. on that end, yeah, too. It's, dude, it's, it's, it's like a bottle opener, isn't it, on that end? And I'm like, Ugh. Well, it has, it has a glass dark. punch it on it. On the pilot, it has a glass punch on the end. <laughs> the I remember I used to have that on my whitewater skirt, and I, I kept – or my whitewater vest, and I was it was rubbing holes in my spray skirts. <laughs> and that's when the co-pilot came out because we were, I was like, this is this knife is great. But it is untenable. It is. It is. It's like a machete. It's. It's. Why is it so big? Uh, and the co-pilot. The co-pilot solved all my problems. And now I'm. I'm a Nico guy personally. But yeah. uh, I. Um, I flipped it upside down, and the best part was trying to get it off of that. I'm like, I had to get like a screwdriver out and have somebody else actually try and slide. Put, yeah, it wasn't the easiest thing. But I was like, dude, I. You know, as much as I wanted to complain about it, I was thinking to myself, I'm like. That's what I want, though. I want to know it's, that it's that's designed to not come off, right? Yeah, it's not going to come off. You know, it's going to, it's secure. It's there. It's not sliding off. But I finally flipped it upside down. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's pictures like where I'm like, why is your head always tilted? <laughs> I used to love the guys that would rig their, their, on the whitewater vest, they would rig their knife handle side up, like right here. So they were like, drawing the knife like out of their vest like <laughs> past their neck and i'm like yeah that's great excalibur like in, enjoy <laughs> enjoy your river rescue with your right. sliced jugular <laughs> oh man <laughs> um yeah. yeah yeah you're gonna do with people a lot of good with that but <laughs> no uh yeah i just to go on the lash that would be a good idea maybe oh yeah i was thinking that like because it's it's it'd be a great feature in there man it's um it's something that i've been like do i want to do do it a chest mount or a hat mount, and I just can never figure it out. So I end up not doing neither one of them. So yeah, trust me. I mean, th there's. I'm glad I can't figure out a place to mount my gro my gropo, my GoPro, <laughs> uh, because doesn't anybody want to watch me just fumble with knots and these big dumb banana fingers <laughs> trying to tie stuff? It's terrible. It's not good TV, guys. It's not good TV. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, oh. Brad. Sorry. Oh, I was I was just gonna go back to the bag. Uh, for, mm -hmm. uh, the I saw the bag. The first thing that popped in my head was AEP. And Josh knows what uh, you might know what it is too. AEP is a recreational uh, land with a bunch of ponds and stuff. Oh, I'm like, okay. AEP. That is yeah, AEP. That place would be perfect for this thing. Mm -hmm. And I've never I've never gone there because I've always had these heavy kayaks. I'm, I'm like, I'm not carrying that through the woods, but I got plans to go next year with this inflatable. So I just Absolutely. wanted to throw that in there. I mean, that's it, right? Uh, it's it's again, that's that is the epitome of the event adventure angler that we are really designing these products for. It's for the person that wants to take a boat into water that they would not otherwise be able to to do it mm -hmm. um now while we're talking about this so i don't forget uh we do have those yak attack switch pads on there so listeners mm -hmm. i want to be very clear those switch pads will take accessories from a variety of manufacturers right whether yeah. it's it's yak attack railblazer scotty but those accessories will come with their own screws Make sure you get onto NRS.com and look at the screw sizes you should be using. If you use too long of a screw into that switch pad, you will puncture the side tube be below the switch pad. 
and it is really hard to fix um and it is not covered by warranty so get on there and make sure you check out we we put it right on the on the nrs website uh yak attack mighty mount switch or railblade the starport hd use the one quarter 20 by five eighths uh screws if you're doing the scotty side deck mounts um use quarter by 20 by seven by eight screws Go on there and look. I'm glad you save you a lot of grief later. It's a it's a big mistake. (laughs) It's happened before. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, no, (laughs) I I heard it from Jeff Little on his video, so I knew before I even got the rival. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, he said, make sure to use the smaller screws with the Yak Attack. So I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. I think Yak Attack started putting both sets of screws in the uh, in their kits, um, which is super helpful. I think Scotty probably will too, and. Railways mm-hmm. will get on board because we're not the only inflatable manufacturer out there. Um, but yeah, that is a that is yep. a big big whoopsies. And those uh, Yak Attack uh, switch pads—they're—it's nothing more than a Mighty Mount gear track. That's all it is. It's like a three or four inch gear track. So mm-hmm. any of your any of your accessories that you can put in a gear track, you can use on it. The Anchor Wizard won't work just because the body's too big. So you might have to you know put two two switch pads and then a gear track on top of those. But well, and the great thing about that boat, I mean, yes, it comes with five switch pads, but there is nothing in the world preventing you from gluing five more on. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks easy too. It's super easy. I mean, again, we've been gluing stuff on the rafts for a long time. It is not Mm -hmm. hard to put a switch pad on, onto one of those tubes. So same thing. And if you like the cleaner lines of say, you know, the rival or another inflatable kayak, that's not the rival fish. And you only want, you know, one or two of those switch pads. You can, you can do that too. Um, that's a great product. What, here's a good one. Uh, what glue do you recommend for uh, gluing those? Um, I think on that, because it's PVC, your best option is using stay bond. Um, that's going to give you, that's like a, a two-part glue that will give you, uh, the best bond between, cause basically you're gluing rubber onto PVC. So stay bonds really good for those like different, um, materials gluing together. Okay. Um, and a lot of that stuff you can find on nrs.com as well. Uh, pick up the phone, call our repairs team, call our, call our call center. Um, you will always get somebody on the phone if you call during business hours. We don't have an automated phone tree system. Um, our folks there would love to talk you through that. These guys just and gals uh, just live and breathe boating all day long, and they love talking this stuff. So give them a call. Everybody, you know, when I when I was an, in a, a young salesperson at NRS, um, the vast majority of our business was done over the phone. You know, we were still a catalog company and the website was a very, very small part of our business. Um, I can't tell you, I was in my early twenties. I, I remember laying under my desk on like a Saturday morning, like mega hungover, just with a headset on and like <laughs> slapping my phone on my chest. Like, thank you for calling NRS. How can I help you? And then talking about voting with people for hours. But, uh, no, these, these these guys and gals are fantastic and uh, and would be happy to walk you through some of that stuff. But yeah, stay on is the answer. Sweet. Is there a gauge, a PSI gauge on the pump? So they're aware. That's right. There is one on the pump. Um, it is one of those pieces that likes to get broken before the actual functionality of the pump, uh, but we can replace it for you. Um, but yeah, That's... there is a pressure gauge on there that works great. Again, you're going to do about 8 to 10 PSI on that floor and three on the side tubes. 
Um, same thing if you're doing the pike. Uh, the pike is a similar construction. It's more of a traditional inflatable kayak style. So mm -hmm. your your tubes go all the way around and the floor sits a little lower. Um, but same thing on that one. Cool. Um, so there, there's, uh, I, I noticed, I haven't played with it yet, but there's two uh, functions on the pump. Can mm -hmm. you go through that? Yeah, so it's a, it's a two-stage pump, um, and you've got a, a big high-volume uh, plunger that's in there. And so that's great for your side tubes. That, that'll get your side tubes up to two and a half, three PSI. And uh, what would you say, Brad? 45 seconds per tube, give or take? Yeah, if that, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fast, right? It, it pushes it pushes a lot of air, but when you're doing that uh, that floor, you know you're trying to get to eight psi, and so up to about three four psi, that that big plunger is good. But after that, it starts getting really hard to push that big plunger down. So you push the button on, and it goes to the high pressure. So you're pushing less air, but it's it's a smaller diameter. So you get to that you know four to eight ten psi relatively quickly so that's it right it's 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 your high volume versus high pressure settings on that pump. okay yeah that's yeah. that's interesting I, I i didn't even use it the first time i pumped it up and i saw it after the fact i'm like oh that's kind of cool yeah that, that, <laughs> that's, that's why it's called off. the super <laughs> two pump yeah <laughs> so that's two stages yeah that's cool well uh yeah i'm sorry please Oh, I was just going to say, uh, we are winding down, but I was going to let you uh, say whatever you're going to say real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. I think if you're if you're using that pump, uh, it takes probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes to inflate that boat. So, again, you're, you're still, even if you're taking, you know, it, it takes a little bit of extra time when you get to the water. Um, I still think compared to, to dropping in with the trailer, uh, it's a relatively quick yeah. process getting that boat inflated. And that's one of the myths that people have with uh, inflatables too. They think you have to deflate every time you're like going somewhere. I haven't had to de deflate yet. I'll throw it in the back of my truck and strap it in. You know, I'll Absolutely. get on the water. I'm I'm on the water within five minutes. No, I mean, yeah. If if you have a small car, uh, then you're probably going to have to to deflate it and roll it mm -hmm. up. But if you've got a pickup truck or or an SUV, you can throw it right in the back. You get easy to throw onto factory roof racks. Even you don't need to do yep. any kind of additional stuff on there. Um, I will say, if you're storing it inflated, you would do well if you live in extreme climates to not leave that like out in the sun and the heat mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, UV degradation is a thing, but also, you know. Those boats are held together with adhesives, um, and anybody who's put their their feet up by a campfire uh, time or two will have had their the soles of their shoes melt off from getting too hot. Yep. So if you're in those southern southern climates and it's you know reaching 100 degrees in the summertime and your boat sitting out in the backyard, um, don't be surprised if you leave it inflated at full pressure and you start to see some seam failure on that thing. Yeah, you know, um, you know that 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 can absolutely happen. So. You know, try to keep it in the shade, keep it in cooler, cooler storage if you if you can. Um, probably won't happen too much here, but right. Is it better to deflate it slightly? Like I, have a I, in the I do like to deflate it a little bit. You know, okay. um, I think on that that floor at eight to ten psi, it's probably fine, right? Like a yeah. sup that you're keeping at fifteen to twenty psi, I definitely bleed some air when I'm when I'm storing it. Um, I would say on on these. 
the the side tubes are more important to deflate and bleed than the floor um so and again that's one of those things where it's that's the easiest part to inflate um it just takes a few pumps with that that big high volume side to, to get those back up so if it were me um and i'm keeping it relatively inflated i'm gonna i'm gonna drop those side tubes down you know a lot of the way you don't have to, you don't have to drain them all the way but um you know when things are sitting out in the sun and it's hot uh, that air is getting hotter and hotter inside that chamber. It's going to continue to expand. So if you're at max and then you leave it out in the sun, um, that's the recipe for a blown seam. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Um, so, you, it, Josh, if you didn't have anything else, I was going to kind of no, wind it down. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I just quickly wanted to go over like some of the myths behind inflatables because people – people worried about durability and dragging and hitting a rock and stuff like that. Is there anything you could offer in advice for that? We have been running inflatable watercraft down some of the most challenging whitewater rivers uh, in the world for, Oh, going on 70 years now um, since people started taking World War II surplus life rafts down the Grand Canyon and, and Western rivers. Um, there is very little that you can throw at one of these boats that's really going to beat it up. Um, but if then, if you get to the point where you do, if you do manage to puncture this thing on a, on a sharp rock or stick or whatever, you're not paying attention or whatever, um, you can fix them really really easily it comes with a patch kit uh we sell extra materials and glues we have all kinds of step-by-step -step tutorials um there are companies that that specialize in, in inflatable watercraft repair but yeah if, if you do manage to hurt it uh you can fix it um relatively easily but it takes a lot it, it takes i mean i've yeah. seen rafts you know wrapped around rocks and in, in whitewater rivers just getting slammed mm -hmm. and then you finally get that thing off of there and all i could do is pump it back up again um yeah. so yeah it, it it takes quite a bit uh how, how do you feel about dragging them across the ground to get to water generally speaking i'm going to ad advise against that that's okay you, know, you, you you wouldn't drag your backpack you wouldn't drag right. you know anything else that, that you own honestly um you shouldn't drag your your plastic boat either. No, no. Um, <laughs> I don't get. I can't stand it when I, people are like, "Oh, these kayak companies need to reinforce the bottom because <laughs> I drag my kayak up and down the boat ramp." And it's like, "Hey, what?" Like, I did that one time, and it was the biggest mistake I ever made. And realized, like, literally on the first time, I almost dragged a hole in it. Yeah. And it wasn't by choice. I was like frustrated, and I was like, "I'm leaving." And then I didn't even think about it, and I ran up with it behind me and realized, man, I couldn't have dragged it a worse across a worse surface, which was 
a ramp and you know how a lot of times yeah, they're all like corrugated they're and corrugated and it's rougher because they want you to have traction on it and yeah. i mean i see people do it all the time they just and they drag it and they're like i don't understand why i have a hole in it and i'm like I, I have perfect understanding why you have a hole in it yeah i mean you know? and and you could and you could probably get away with it a lot of times and again it's a lot lighter so yeah um it'll probably hold up to it better than than a heavier boat would but yeah i would not recommend dragging it um there are a multitude of boat carts available to you if you are paddling solo and you you can't figure out a way to carry that 31 pound boat all by yourself um there are a lot of options available to you uh yeah. they're called boat carts and, and you should invest in one it's definitely yeah. worth uh it's good insurance policy it's especially if you're inflatable and uh ends up looking like Jeff Littles, then you're definitely going to need a boat cart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you have all of those things on there, you're going to need a boat cart uh, for sure. Jeff's, Jeff's boat well, does not weigh 31 pounds. Well, um, even with all that stuff, it probably only weighs 60. Yeah. And Lord crazy. knows Jeff can pick it up because he, you know, moonlights as the Hulk or whatever he does. <laughs> but his hair is so good right now too. It's so, I'm, I've been trying to grow mine out to kind of emulate him, but he's, <laughs> God, he's so handsome. Um, but he's probably super uncomfortable if he listens to this right now. <laughs> I, don't think he, I don't think he listens to this. It's all good. I don't think he gets uncomfortable, frankly. Uh, but uh, yeah, boat carts. Uh, and yeah, yeah, like you said, you, you can get them heavy. Um, but no, I, I would not recommend dragging them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. It's been fun. Gosh, guys, thank you so much for having me. Um, I know. Let's I'd get probably, out. And finish. Uh, Let's, hey, we're local. Let's do this thing. You guys yeah, can. Yeah. I am always good for your ego. I assure you. Um, <laughs> I'm a good fishing partner in that way. I need uh, to hit the little Miami more. It's been a couple of years, I think. So come on down, man. Uh, there's there's smallies um, and a few other things in there. It's kind of boring right now. Let's wait till the spring when there's some actually water in it. Yeah, yeah. it's well. It got it got some water moving in it. It didn't go up very high, but yeah, it got yeah. muddy uh, last yeah. week. Yeah. Real muddy. I was actually up in uh, John Bryan State Park. I saw that. That's what, I, that's what we're doing. All right. We're taking inflatables and we're going up to the gorge. <laughs> and we're Coach starting gorge and inflatables. supposed to be. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, hey, ODNR, I know you're not listening, but uh, my policy has always been with Product you guys. Testing. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Absolutely. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, uh, yeah, you got interested for the ticket. Yeah, <laughs> you want to uh, let anybody know where they can follow you and all that kind, of, all that good stuff. Oh yeah, they don't want to follow me, but uh, if if you are so inclined, uh, I am Bling Blake on Twitter and uh, Bling underscore Blake on Instagram, and I'd love to see you. Come on, hang out. I mostly talk about comic books and movies, though. So it's not a lot of fishing stuff. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. We all got our hobbies. Check out NRS guys. Um, it's not just life jackets. They make so much stuff. I mean, you guys make bilge pumps, life jackets, boats, knives. Like it's just the list goes on and on. Dry suits. Threads like these. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, me and Brad, guys... one of me and Brad's favorite shirts yeah. is the Vagrial, right? Yep. I need that shirt you're wearing too. The one you wore the other day too. That's yeah, man. Awesome. It's this the same one. It's just, just different color. It's like, I, I only have like, I, I like seasonal uniforms. We're gonna uh, shop this, at Blake's. That's right. <laughs> come on over. I got samples. You guys come on down. You guys will fit them. Uh, yeah. NRS.com. Uh, we'd love to see you guys there. Come check it out and uh, say what's up. All right. 
Brad, anything else, bud? Nope. Good episode, man. Yeah. Thank you again, Blake. And thank you everybody for listening. We will see you next week and take care. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.